On the cover, on the right, a purple robotic tentacle is hoisting a man dressed in a lab coat off the ground and pulling him away. Darren is reaching out to try and grab his hand, while the Baroness and William and Furnace charge forward from either side of her. Pyro floats gently down from the top, holding an umbrella Mary Poppins style, on the inside of which is printed Apex City Issue 1, on the clock. Okay. Our first couple of pages here, we have a kind of bird's eye view over Apex City, uh, over the river. It's a nice day uh, in the middle of, well, not the middle, but right around the beginning of April. So it's kind of springy out. Uh, Apex doesn't get particularly harsh winters. Everything is still in bloom at this point in time. Uh, And we come in on Apex U, our local university, which we've kind of established is not a huge, sprawling, like, major university. It's definitely local, it's definitely uh, well-off because it's in the better part of town. And we actually come in uh, to the office of Drs. Morris and Morris. In said office of Drs. Morris and Morris, we have William and Furnace. Excellent. uh, And his brother Eric. Mm, Eric. So, first off, just on the page, what does William look like? He is a very generic, white, dark-haired, rich boy wearing a suit. What color suit? Black. Black. Okay. He's always going to a funeral. So five years ago. <laughs> Sometimes gray, if he's really feeling like jazzing it up a bit. Charcoal. Charcoal is where it's at. Uh, Eric is, as I recall, slightly older. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably in his early 20s at this point. Yes. Uh, he is definitely very well put together as well. He's got a little signet ring that's got the Infernus family crest on it. He's got, you Which know, is what? <laughs> I actually have an answer. Ask for these questions. No, no, I actually have an answer for this. I'm sorry. Uh, it is a stylized eye. Okay. Full horns? No. Actually, just it's a very stylized eye okay. uh, that is reminiscent of a particular alchemical symbol. Uh, specifically oh. the one for iron. Anyhow. I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> The two of you are here mostly to make nice. Eric is by no means going to be going to this university. You know that your family has some dealings here. They are major funders. And you're not really sure what your parents get out of this. But you know it's something. Okay. Now, kind of an odd person to ask this question, but Lenny, what do the Doctors Morris look like? Who are, whose office are we in? This That's Morris, true. Morris. They, they, they are in, let's, let's say that you're, uh, you're in your dad's office. Okay. All right. He is uh, an American guy. He teaches theater. Um, uh, I would say he's kind of tall, probably has like some salt and pepper hair, maybe mm-hmm. like salt and pepper beard. That's really This is your dad? This is uh, my character's uh, father. Which oh, is, yes. yes. This, is, this, is, this is Lenny's character's father. This is Piero's dad. And at this point, they are kind of welcoming you into the office. Eric, William, it's... I'm so... It's, it's, a, it's good to see you here. I'm, uh, I'm sorry that... We are meeting you on such short notice. Um, can we get you anything to drink? Ah, uh, yeah, that would be nice. I'd like some water to cool off. Thank you. And Eric kind of gives you a little bit of a side eye. No thank you. I wouldn't impose upon your kindness. So, across campus, in the science wing, we have the Baroness and Darren. <laughs> and you're being accompanied at this point. Uh, I know Christina has written down a few people that go to the Kopi uh, school with them. Indeed. One of them is also here. Who is it? Uh, I'm going to go with Static Jock. You're going to go Static Jock? Okay. And describe for us Static Jock, right? So, Static Jock, as we have somewhat fleshed out a little bit, we're going to say he's Canadian. 
basically your your basic ubermensch looking fellow. Sure. You know, blonde hair, blue eyes, the uh, hair so full of gel it can be like plastic and okay. okay. You know, weaponized hair. Yes, weaponized yeah. hair. Okay. You know, wearing a letterman's jacket. <laughs> I don't think we need to add that spot to detail. Let's not get bogged. We don't need to go I just want to say. No, he, he definitely plays yes. lacrosse. He, yeah, yeah, we, we did establish that. He played, his name is Jacques. He's that at Jacques. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a copyright infringement lawsuit. Just gonna, I'll just see myself out. Um, so, yeah, the three of you are here uh, mm-hmm. mainly because of the Baroness. In, your, in Baron's <laughs> case, uh, in Baron's case, Kopi actually thought it would be good for you to chaperone this event. Oh, I'm chaperoning. Um, yes, you are kind of here to watch out for the other two. For Baroness and Static, static Jacques? Yes, Baroness and Static Jacques. Okay. Uh, you're meeting with a couple of people. Um, Dr. Schmidt, who is your normal veterinarian, okay. is going to be meeting you as well okay. uh, in the facilities of a Dr. Grover Bahat and a Cecily Warden. You don't know a whole lot about them, but what you've been told is that you're just as much cybernetic as you are bear, and while Dr. Schmidt is good with the bear parts of you, not so much the machine parts. Yeah, they don't cover that in vet school. Yeah, they don't really, they don't generally cover how to deal with like a malfunctioning cyber eye. Maybe the school has both veterinary and engineering departments. Uh, Bioengineering? What you do know is that both of these people that you're meeting with, um, Cecily Wharton and uh, Grover Bahat, uh, have degrees in parabiology, and that Cecily Wharton actually is very cutting edge on cybernetics as well. Well, there we go. So, cybernetics. <laughs> thank you, Lenny. They're going to give you a check over and try and fix a small problem that you have. Because, as we've kind of gone over in your character background, the people that made you can track you. Yeah, I suspect so, yeah. Yeah, you at least suspect so. And so, if they can track you, first off, if they can figure out how that works, they might be able to block it. And secondly, they might be able to backtrace that to figure out who they are. Yeah, that would be nice. Yes. So as you guys get to the offices themselves, you are greeted by Dr. Schmidt. And what does Dr. Schmidt look like? So, Dr. Schmidt, if you picture a zookeeper, like, in your head... It's probably not what he looks like. He he's a he's a thin Rayleigh man with a big push broom mustache. Nice. Um, his hair is mostly gray. He wears a baseball cap at all times and a big, really big like winter jacket, even in summer. Okay. So Dr. Schmidt uh, kind of you know shakes your bare hand as he is wont to do. Yes. Uh, and intru- I'm sorry, I don't think we have made uh, acquaintances. You are. Oh, I'm Darren. Um. Are you a fragment of some sort, or, uh... Oh, I am the friend of Baroness. <laughs> and he just gets this look on his face like, not really what I asked, but okay. Well, the doctors are waiting for you inside. Uh, should we get started? Now is as good a time as any. He leads you into a room, all three of you, um, full of medical equipment that you basically don't recognize. There's a big MRI machine, um, which they explicitly state they are not going to be using. Because yeah. you have a lot of metal in you. I think I exceed the weight limit as well. Also that. Dr. Bahat is a middle-aged, probably in his, like, 50s, looks to be Middle Eastern descent, and he is wearing a uh, Apex City baseball cap. Cecily Wharton is a little bit younger. She's in her 30s, blonde, and wearing glasses. They're both wearing lab coats and sterile equipment, and they both kind of come over to meet you. They lean in and talk very slowly, as if you are a bear. Uh Now, we are going to be taking 
some readings today. Is that okay with you? <laughs> that was not in character. Okay. Um, I'm just going to stare back at them and sort of cock my head to the side like I don't quite understand. Cecily looks at Dr. Bahattan and says, She's not dumb. She's just a bear. You have the file as well. And Bahat looks back at her. I'm sorry. It's just that... You're a bear. <laughs> You're very observant for a doctor. I'm, I'm not used to talking to non-human. And he looks over at Darren. Individuals. Static Jacques, in the, mean, in the meanwhile, is in the back, fiddling with something. And you see this, this giant spark pop off his hand. And there's like a little smoke coming up from a machine. Uh-huh. And both of them look back over at him. He goes, sorry, I won't touch anything else. Which is at the point at which we <clears throat> cut to interior of the dorm rooms. Specifically, we see the outside of a dorm that has two names on it, Mew Morris and Ruby McNamara. Now, it's only been a couple of weeks, uh, Piero, since your unfortunate incident uh, that was the kind of genesis for you being a hero. And you are sneaking back into your dorm room at this point to retrieve something that you forgot to take with you. So something important. Um, First off, what is it? What would you have left behind? Probably some sort of thing that holds like a familial significance, okay. something that uh, perhaps my mother, my character's mother left them. So, we see you sneaking into your room, or I guess your old room at this point. Mm-hmm. And how does that look? Are you just walking in, or are you kind of like sneaking down the hallways? What does this character move like on the page? Probably a little more, like, cautious. Not really, mm-hmm. not really full sneaking, but like Okay. Something's going on. So you can definitely, look at this person. definitely kind of tell that this is not someone who belongs here. Yeah. Uh, so you get to your old room. The door, when you try it, is not locked, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Open the door. Sure. This room is in disarray. Everything is either up against the walls or broken. There was a little kitchenette that is just completely torn apart. The shelves, the doors are just ripped off. You can tell this room has been gone through. What What do you do? I look at my roommate's side of the room. Does it look the same? Oh yeah, no, the whole thing. Yes, the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Okay. I start searching for this family thing. Sure. As you're going through the kind of shattered remnants of this room and looking around, you come across a picture frame. And you first off see you and Ruby. What are you doing in this picture? Laughing. So you're just like, it's a good time that you're both having. Yes. And that definitely kind of brings back some memories. It is at this point that you notice there is kind of a loud ticking that is going on from outside. Like just super loud, kind of like a tick, tick, tick. And you can see this light starting to grow in the in the courtyard of the, of the university. Okay. So meanwhile, back over with uh, William and Eric. This is a few minutes ago. The Doctors Morris have left to get you a drink. <laughs> good, good. And Eric just kind of looks over at you. Do not embarrass me. I was thirsty. We are here as guests. What are we here for besides being guests? I guess parents didn't trust you enough, did they? I guess not. We are here to secure use of their medical facilities. Okay. If I had had that information to begin with, 
Maybe this would have gone smoother. And uh, it's at this point we kind of realize that obviously these two characters do not have a great relationship. Oh, it's at this um. point. <laughs> <laughs> as Eric and uh, as Eric and William are kind of uh, kind of starting to bicker a little bit over this, mostly Eric trying to you know chew you out over asking for a glass of water. You can kind of see in the panels above there's this tick 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 sound and. The both of you start to realize that there is this growing light outside the, the window. And you both kind of look over at the same time as you can see something starting to form out in the courtyard. And Eric looks at you and says, Do not get involved. This is not our business. But there's a big light. And then we get back over to you guys in the medical ward. Dr. Bahat is mm-hmm. just pulled out this handheld, it looks like almost like an ultrasonic kind of scanner. You're not really sure what that is, but he's kind of running it around your head and making noises like, ooh, that's interesting, ooh. And you can see Jacques still like very carefully trying not to touch any of the equipment in here. And you can hear from outside this very subtle but growing louder tick. There is a bright flash of light and the wall bursts in. So all of you from your distinct vantage points can see out in the courtyard that something has materialized in this big kind of, I don't want to say explosion, but crash. What is reaching through the wall at this point and Uh seems to be grabbing Dr. Bahat is a giant tentacle. Okay. It's probably, you know, a good three or four feet around, so it's pretty meaty. And you can see through the wall, and you guys can see through the windows of the respective rooms you're in, a giant flipping octopus. But, uh... Yeah. No, he's not doing flips. He's not doing flips. But you said flipping. I I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) Flooping. A giant flooping octopus. Frickin' octopus. A giant frickin' octopus. Okay, this is clearer. (laughs) Probably, probably 20 feet tall. It's big. Okay. Okay. I I say giant, I mean giant. It looks to be at least partially mechanic. A couple of its tentacles are more robotic than fleshy. Is it similar uh, to what it looks like on her body? Like the, the, the bits that are exposed actually look, yeah, kind of similar. Look kind of similar. Hmm. Kind of similar. So it would possibly have similar <laughs> energy signatures, I would feel like. Um, how would you how would you discern that? Well, since my character can kind of see different wavelengths, I was wondering if maybe I could okay. like see similarity between the two. If you know not, what? Like that to me sounds like you are trying to unleash your powers uh, to overcome an obstacle, reshape your environment, or extend your senses. So go ahead and roll. Right. Go ahead and roll plus freak. All right, is it two dice? It is two dice, and add your freak. Aww. That is not good. So what do you that is three. A, your total is three. Okay, uh, mark potential. <laughs> so you are learning from this. Okay. So you look to the Baroness, and then you look to. Let me finish describing this thing quite before I tell you what it is. So first off, it's huge. It is partially mechanical. At least three of these tentacles look to be mechanical in nature. Mm-hmm. One of them has on the end a giant triangular, what looks to be almost clock hand. One of them has some sort of a cannon. You're not sure what it shoots, but probably something. And there's a big chrome plate on its head, and its eyes are both analog clocks. Welcome to the Clocktopus. Yeah, I was was waiting for Clocktopus. So you look at the Baroness, and then you look at the Clocktopus, and you get an absolutely splitting headache. You're not really sure exactly what's going on there, but it seems to recognize that something is going on. As you're trying to read it, it has now read you, and one of these tentacles is coming to grab you. 
Can I shift my density to avoid it? You certainly can. Are you just trying to like phase through it, or are you just yes. trying to? Okay, I'm trying to phase um, through and avoid being. Well, you know that seems like um, that seems like overcoming an obstacle. So I think All that's right. also an unleash your powers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, see. Seven plus my freak, eight. Um. So on a seven to nine, you do it. So you definitely shift your density and this thing is going to start passing through you, but you're either going to mark a condition or I will tell you how this effect is unstable or temporary. And that is my choice. I will let you make that choice. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you shift through this particular tentacle, which happens to be one of the mechanical ones. And as you do, it shorts out and starts flailing all over the room. Oh um, no! Breaking quite a lot of the equipment and causing a little bit of collateral damage. Now let's pause there for just a second. How about over to the Infernus uh, group? Eric has just told you firmly to stay out of this, and then a giant octopus crashes into the center of the courtyard and busts through the science building. And we're both just standing there watching this. You, this has just happened. Cool. Uh, I'm going to summon up a demon. Okay. one. <laughs> which is then going to grab me by the arm. Mm-hmm. And then bust out through the windows, carrying me. And as I go out through the windows, I will look back at my brother and flip him off as I leave. <laughs> okay, what I like that. Sense. All right, so you are out in the courtyard now. Uh, and you can see that this octopus is actually rooting around in the science building. It looks like it's trying to get something specific, but you can't really see what from this angle. Okay. Uh, there um, are, it is worth noting, there are a lot of students in this courtyard. They are in some pretty direct danger just by being near this thing. Giant tentacles, you know, flinging around. Property damage already happening. So, Is there you... a nearby rooftop location that looks fairly safe beside the science building? Like oh, yeah, sure, other sure. buildings of yeah, proximity absolutely. that it doesn't absolutely. seem interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to drop myself off uh, on one of those mm-hmm. one of those rooftops okay. so I can still survey the situation, and then I'm going to send my demon down to remove any close bystanders that don't seem to be smart enough to run. Okay, I like that. Um, that'll that'll be a defend. So go ahead and defend someone or something. Roll plus savior. You are defending bystanders from the octopus. I have a ten. Uh, so you do the thing. You keep them safe. You are definitely starting to evacuate people. A lot of them are starting to get the idea that maybe, you know, getting away from this thing. Because this has just happened. They're already starting to flee, but you're protecting the more vulnerable ones. Okay. Yeah, you absolutely do the thing. Congratulations. Yay! Uh, so from your old dorm room, you have just seen this... Clocktopus crash into the center of the courtyard, bust through the science building. Now you have seen a, a and again you would actually know who William is because you teamed up at the bank heist. But you you see him bust out a window and his demon starts taking people off to safety. What do you do? My character tries to find a higher ground that is visible to the students in okay. the courtyard, and my character starts to mime a large box around. So you run up to the rooftops and you start miming this giant box. Uh, so I guess the question here is, are you trying to stop the clocktopus or are you trying to give people time to escape? What is your goal in Give this? people time to escape. Okay, that'll also be kind of a defense someone, so go ahead and do that. Nine. Okay. Uh, so on a seven to nine, you definitely do the thing, so you are going to give people time to escape, but it costs you. So you can expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. And also... I forgot to mention for you when you have defended someone. You can add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. You don't have any conditions right now. 
and we haven't engaged as a team yet. But the team pool does start at one. That could be useful. Do you want to add something, or do you want to take influence over someone you protected? Adding to the pool is fine for now. Okay. Uh, so you add one to the pool, and Hero, do you want to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation? Uh, I'll expose myself to danger. So you make this giant box, and it contains most of the Clocktopus, but this is a big Clocktopus. Understandable. Um, and what does that look like on, on the page, that box? Is it like a steel box? Is it a wood box? I think, yeah, like a glass case, but like strong glass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's, that's not going to shatter and hurt everybody. Uh, unfortunately, that's my decision. Oh, um, dang it. But on the upside, you are exposing yourself to danger. So at this point, you have made this giant box, and the clocktacle starts shifting its head around and sees you up and just flings a tentacle up towards the top of the building you're on. Yeah. I am going to have you roll to take a powerful blow. Roll really so you're low. Just roll those plus conditions, Mark. You don't have any mark right now. Mime a low roll. <laughs> <laughs> that is a five. So congratulations. Um, on a miss, you stand strong. So go ahead and mark potential because that is still a roll. And tell me how you either get out of the way of this or keep it from hurting you or how do you avoid this blow? Can it still hit me? Like, can I just mime an umbrella and then float down? Yeah. Nice. I'll do that. Okay. So you just mime an umbrella and jump off the roof? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it still takes off like the top corner of that dorm building that you used to be in. Oh, damn. Uh, at this point, as you are falling off the roof, you see Dr. Morris and Dr. Morris exit the building uh, after oh, no. uh, William and Furnace. Um, the same way? Not the same way. Like, the same building. Okay. The same building. They're not that cool. They're, they're exiting they're the building to try and get out of, out of here. Your dad is holding a glass of water, and he just looks over at William, he looks at a glass of water, and he starts to take a drink. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the science building, mm -hmm. so the Clocktopus has grabbed Dr. Bahat uh, okay. in one of its giant tentacles, and it is starting to pull him out of the building. What do you do? Well, as soon as the Clocktopus appeared, my first reaction is just to charge it. Okay. So you're going to just charge the Clocktopus? Yeah, right into its stupid face. Okay. Uh, that sounds like directly engaging a threat to me. It, it does. Okay. Can I add density to her so that her hit causes more damage? There is team in the pool, um, so potentially yes. Go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat. So first of all, I'm going to engage my punch everyone. Okay. So since gonna, I am not hedging my bets no, at this you're point. you're just charging a Clocktopus. I think that qualifies. So I am going to shift my danger up and... I'm going to shift my mundane down for this one. <laughs> okay. This is not something a normal person would do. I no, no, it is qualifies. not. All right. Okay. So go ahead and roll to directly engage that threat. Eight. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Um, so on the upside, you really wouldn't even need to use the team out of the pool. You can definitely do that if you want to. Um, but on a 10+, plus, uh, you pick two of those options, resist or reward their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I am going to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Okay, which of those do you want to do? Frighten. You're to frighten the clocktopus. I want to frighten you the know, clocktopus. You know, cyber bear charges into your face. Yes. That's startling. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's a movie about this. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is cyber bear versus clocktopus. This is definitely a sci-fi original movie, right? Now. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. And then, so the smart move is to resist or avoid their blows, but I think the Baroness is going to create an opportunity for my allies. Okay, and what kind of opportunity do you want to create? So, going along with the fact that I have frightened slash surprised this Clocktopus, okay. it just, it freezes, it's sort of stunned for a second, doesn't sure. know how to react. Okay, okay. So it's, it sort of like stops everything it's doing, just for a moment. Alright, I like that. Um, so, in that case, the Clocktopus is obviously going to trade blows. Yes. So you charge into its face, 
And what does that look like? Are you just like ramming into it? Or are you yeah, I'm just with your I'm smashing my face straight okay, into so it. You're just going like flying headbutt into yeah. the glass. Okay. Um, so I think as you do that, you realize that its face is much harder than you suspected. It's got that Damn. chrome plate. Yeah. Um, it definitely dazes it and kind of stuns it back a little bit. But you also, in the process, will take a powerful blow. Okay. So go ahead and roll to do that. Take powerful blow. That is an eight. Okay. So. On a 7 to 9, you choose 1. You lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to foolhardy action or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. Uh, you give ground, your opposition gets an opportunity, or you struggle past the pain, mark two conditions. Let's see. Provoking a teammate, would that include static jock? In this case, I'm actually going to say yes. Okay, because that that's kind of what I want to provoke right now. I want to okay. provoke jock. Okay. Say, I just want to yell at him like, where are you, Jacques? You're supposed to have my back here, man. The one time you need to touch right? stuff. The one time you're supposed touch to do something. The mechanical something. stuff. Right? Okay, all right. So you know what? Uh, go ahead and roll to provoke Jacques. Okay, I'm going to provoke Jacques. Plus, plus superior. Okay, that is going to be a nine. Okay, so on a seven to nine, oh, so, you're, so, you're trying to, so you're trying to basically get him to what, attack the Clocktopus with you? I totally forgot to use my move. But anyways, yeah. So... In retrospect. In retrospect, uh, that would have been so much better. <laughs> so I think Jacques is going to overreact. Okay, um, that's he's fine. He's going to say, well, I'm supposed to be here. I'm just here to, to... You know what? I don't need this at all. You want to react? I'll give you... And he just shoots a giant lightning bolt at the Clocktopus. Okay. Um, now, Which is near you still, if I'm not <laughs> yes, So yes. first off, you gain influence over Static Jacques. So that, congratulations. That works. <laughs> And it kind of blasts by Darren as it goes. Uh, so Darren hasn't done a whole lot yet. What are you doing at this point? Well, I am still phased out from being contacted, yes. so I don't feel like I would be at any real risk to the electrical shock from Jacques. But no, it's when, just startling, is all. It doesn't. Yeah, it is startling. But I, Baroness, my friend, yes. has charged and has gone a <laughs> pollo loco. She's gone full day. <laughs> And my feelings that my chap ER1 session is not going very well. I'm a bad chap <laughs> ER1. So I am going to try to salvage the separate si- situ the this this event and going English is in your first language. That's fine. Oh I struggle and I'm going to we need, like, there's, there's a giant octopus, and it has our doctor, and he is valuable. I'm going to Brain? prioritize him before he becomes, you, you know, escargo, or... Okay. Yes. So, so what are you actually doing? I, um, since I can, uh, since I'm still in a low-density state, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not at a strong risk, I'm going to intercede uh, and try to also make perfect the doctor uh, also impervious uh, to damage from the electric shock and hopefully allow him to slip out of the tentacle. So there's two ways we could do this. I think we're going to use Unleash Your Powers again because yeah. you are reshaping your environment, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, literally reshaping the doctor to be lower density so he can slip out. Yes. Go ahead and roll. Let's see how good Darren is. <laughs> Not that great. That's uh, okay. So seven plus my freak is... An eight. Yeah, that is an eight. Um, so, yeah, on a hit, you have done it. So you are definitely going to density shift the doctor down, mm-hmm. but you can either mark a condition, or I'll tell you how it's unstable or temporary. I will take a condition. What do you want to mark? I think I will be angry <laughs> that you are all losing control of the situation. 
Okay, so you're you're angry and partly at your own teammates. Yeah, I'm angry at myself, my own teammates. I broke an expensive metal thing, <laughs> and uh-huh. my best friend is ramming it. Do you octopus. know what expensive is? <laughs> do you have monetary value in your planet? We don't have monetary value, but we do have they things are of value. value. Yeah, there are things of value, and these are important things. I'm just asking. No, that's that's true, and it's not like you're a, a complete newcomer here. Okay, yeah. so yeah. So yeah, I'm you, not stupid. So you basically. So what does that look like when you density shift a hot out of the uh, out of the, the clocktopus's grasp? Um, since I come from a people that is more floral mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. plant based, he does become more unstable in his shape when he okay. falls out. Okay, gross. Um, that is so unbelievably insensitive. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But anyhow, yeah. So he just becomes kind of unstable. Yeah, uh, and he kind of kind of like jelly. Mold. It kind of kind of jellies like out a slime a little bit mold because I'm able to keep my form since this is yeah, a, a stasis that I find myself the, in. Commonly. The important question is: Does Darren catch him? Yes, he's <laughs> okay. If he, even if he does not, even if he does uh, not get caught, he will just splat on the ground. Yes, yeah. So, but but basically, Darren has to reach up. Do you have to touch him to do that? No, it's. A distance. Okay, then. so you make him uh, insubstantial. He yes, he blobs out. out of the, the clocktopus's tentacles and yeah, like a like a booger. Yeah, great. <laughs> and you and you kind of grab him as he's falling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fantastic. So meanwhile, you can now see that the clocktopus is starting to retreat, and it's holding it's holding this guy in its grasp who has just turned into jelly and been caught by uh, the pink mushroom girl that helped you save your bank not too long ago. Um, and then you call my people gross. It's true. Um, yeah, that's definitely so what I said in character. Like that yeah. is disgusting. So <laughs> you're like, that is disgusting. Okay. So what is what does William do at this point? William, seeing that most of the people appear to be safe yeah, at the, this the point, court, so it's time to uh, time to go for it. I would think. Going to summon or not summon? Um, my demon is going to fly back to me. I'm going to be standing on the roof hedge. He'll pick me up. We'll fly up into the air. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to toss me into the air. Uh, in the general direction of the octopus, at which okay. point I will banish him and summon a new demon around me okay. as I am falling through the air. Sure. And then basically punch it in the face. Eh, oh. well, no, let's try something different. Let's grab his the tentacle with a gun on it. Okay. So you're going to just kind of... I'm going to try and, let's say, grapple that so tentacle and like wrap it and try and control it. Okay. Um, so that that, to me, sounds like you are directly engaging a threat. I would agree with that. Uh, so go ahead and roll for it. Uh, but danger. Yeah. That's not good. Right, dangerous. <laughs> I rolled a three. Good job. Thank you. Mark potential. Gross! <laughs> that was gross! <laughs> so you, in your demon suit, latch onto this tentacle... And realize that you have no, you're you're in no position to control it. It is much stronger than you are, and it just picks you up and slams you into the ground. Uh, in fact, through a concrete bench. Roll to take a powerful blow. Now I'm gonna roll high this time. Of course I am. <laughs> That's a got? seven. That's a seven. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you choose one off of that list. You can lash out verbally, give ground, struggle past the pain. What do you want to do? I'm going to give ground. Okay. That position is going to get an opportunity. Okay. So you give ground. What is that? Do you just like roll off the tentacle, or what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, as it's attempting to slam me through that concrete that you mentioned, I'm going to roll off and kind of bounce off the concrete instead and kind of keep my 
not be as knocked knocked down as much. I'll still be capable of moving. That works for me. Um, So the opportunity your opposition is going to take at this point, then, is since Dr. Bahat is now a pile of goo on the ground... um, In my arms. Yeah. (laughs) In your arms. I'm sorry. You're involved in this as well. Thank you. Um, So it's going to point that cannon over towards you. Because Bahad is now out of its grip and is going to revert to its secondary protocol, which is get rid of that guy. And a giant freaking laser beam shoots out of the tentacle. Take a powerful blow. Alright. So, is there an opportunity for me to, like, charge that tentacle before it shoots? You could try to defend somebody, yeah. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm gonna see can I, if I can. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. This isn't gonna work out too well, I don't think, but I'm gonna try to defend you yeah. by headbutting that tentacle out of the way. Okay. I rolled a five. That's actually good. Oh, that's okay. actually good. And so go ahead and roll to defend because we're still doing this. Uh, and that's plus savior. That's plus savior. What is my savior? Okay, so that gives me a seven. So yeah, so you definitely do it. So you knock the the tentacle out of the way. And I think this is going to kind of be what that low roll on your take a powerful blow is. Oh, okay. So it knocks it out of the <clears> way. <throat> the beam just eviscerates the dorm rooms. Yeah. So the place where Piro uh, recently was. The top half of that is just gone. Um, Floating down in your umbrella and all of a sudden a laser right. beam just goes yeah, right I, by you. I think the laser beam actually uh, takes out your invisible umbrella oh, and no. you fall the last few feet. Oh. You're not like hurt or anything, but it's definitely startling. Uh, so you just so you just saw this thing uh, destroy half your old dorm building mm-hmm. and you're not sure if your dorm was in that blast or not. Okay. Um, what do you do? Uh, I have a few questions. I have answers. Um... Are my, are, are my character's parents still involved in this scene? You have seen them come out of the uh, out of the building that they were in. They are still kind of adjacent in the courtyard, but they don't seem to be in the direct path of the Clocktopus. Okay. My concern more is with their actions? Are they sure. trying to run away from this Clocktopus? They're just kind of standing there dumbfounded, like, what is this? Okay. <laughs> and then is the Clocktopus still contained by my, my character's... Box. Barely. Barely. Okay. It um, hasn't left the area, but it definitely has mobility at this point. It's, you know, shooting laser beams. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think the best thing that uh, my character could do is to, uh, you know, really, like, lasso one of them tentacles. Okay. And then, like, tie it to the ground. So you're going to try the mine and then lasso. Yes. All right. Um, so, yeah, that seems to me like overcoming an obstacle. Go ahead and unleash your powers. Plus freak, which is ten. Okay, so on a 10+, plus, you do the thing. Um, yeah. Congratulations. So, yeah, you lasso... Which one of the tentacles do you want to lasso? Uh, gun tentacle. Okay, so cannon tentacle? Yeah. Right. So you lasso that, and you tie it down, and it is now kind of like straining against this invisible lasso. Like, yes. The, the clocktopus looks very confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, let's get back to, I think, Darren. Mm-hmm. So you have just been shot at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see that Piero got knocked out of the air by that blast and then lassoed the gun arm and pulled mm-hmm. it down on the ground. Um, you are still holding a slightly gooey Dr. Bahat. What do you want to do? I'm going to try and reconstitute him okay. uh, and then uh, try and get him away as quickly as possible. Okay. Uh, whether that's by carrying him myself and mm-hmm. shifting my density to like float quickly. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try and take him away since he seems to be the target. But since I don't want him to be chased by the... Uh, octopus mm-hmm. into a crowd, I'm going to take him in the opposite direction everyone else is running. Okay. I'm going to head towards a, the uh, 
Well, in place people would not go Radio Shack. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> for safety. The Radio Shack up the street from the university. Yeah, right, exactly. Cool, cool. For all those not phone repairs that they're making. Right. Okay. Uh, so, and I, I know I've been having you roll this a lot lately, but unfortunately that does sound like you are unleashing your powers. Yes. You are using your powers in a way to affect your environment. Yes. So, yep, go for it. Uh, nine? Plus freak. Yeah. Yeah. So, eight Sweet. plus one. Nine. Okay, so nine. All right, uh, so pretty standard. You're definitely going to do the thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's not working out fully, so are you going to mark a condition, or is this going to be unstable or temporary? I'm going to pick guilty, since I feel like I'm leaving my teammates That's true. Behind. You are kind of abandoning your friends. I am. I'm, ta- I'm getting the innocent bystander okay. away. So, um, so, what, so again, what does this look like on the page? Um, she probably is slightly transparent, slightly gooey, mm-hmm. and you know... The laughter about my character and her powers. <laughs> hey, I is like the really goo. Really hurtful. No, Thank you know what? You know I'm what? all about the goo. I like. I'm this also character. laughing at the bear we equally. <laughs> we are all laughing with you. Oh, with Darren. Yes, we are laughing. Laughter is not you. from my planet. <laughs> the mushroom people don't laugh. That's so sad. <laughs> For real. They should try some of our earth mushrooms. <laughs> So you are slightly gooey, slightly, I'm slightly transparent. Slightly transparent, carrying him. I think he's probably in a very panic state. It mm-hmm. can be kind of traumatizing the first time, uh, shifting your density and feeling things pass through. So I think he's going to be a little bit nauseous, a little bit mm-hmm. not in his right self, feeling very frightened and panicked. Uh, I'm going to be talking him through, like, calm down. It's completely normal. This happens every time someone shifts for the first time. It's a, a big moment of passage in my country, my people, so it's all right, don't worry. And taking him uh, across to a an abandoned shopping mall, Radio Shack. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, you definitely do that. You uh, you feel a little bit guilty that you were leaving your teammates behind. Yes. Speaking of the teammates that Darren has left behind, uh-huh. uh, all three of you see this. You see Darren basically look at this giant octopus that has just, you know, taken out half a building and then grab the guy that she's, you know, holding and just flee the scene. Um... I feel like I would understand what Darren is trying to do. Sure. And I would try to hit the octopus again. Yeah, okay. So you see this and your plan is to attack the... the right, you know, we, we've worked together before. I know yeah. what you're trying to do. You're trying to save civilians. That's Kopi cool. protocol. Cool. So my job is to distract them from you. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and, I think, directly engage that threat. Yeah, that's... That seems like what you're doing. Seems like what I do yeah, best. Girl. Okay, that's gonna be... That's gonna be an 11. That's an 11. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. yeah plus on three. A, on a, I have plus three in danger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is an adult black bear is as dangerous as it can be. Uh, what do you want to do? Pick two of those things. Right. So, I'm actually going to use in a china shop okay. to cause significant collateral damage Ooh. to take three. Oh, nice. Alright, so let's talk about this collateral damage. What are you breaking? <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly in the middle with the clocktopus. Yeah. I'm assuming I smash into it and there's just, like, a huge shockwave. Okay. Like, you know, sort of, like, anime yeah. style. Yeah, absolutely. And it just I'm sort of, like, cracks all the windows in the area and like just... It. Just... Yeah, yeah, just... just breaks just a, lot a lot of stuff. A lot of broken glass. Yeah, okay. lots of, like lots of like building it. damage. Um, okay, and that is also going to finish breaking your glass box, unfortunately, Kiro. So, um, perhaps we could say I slam the octopus into a building... Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Pick the three of those things that you're going to do. <laughs> I am going to uh, frighten the opposition, okay. create an opportunity. Okay. No, I'm going to resist their blows, okay. create an opportunity, and take something from them. What are you going to take from them? 
his eyes. Oh, no. And take his clock eyes. <laughs> so are you going to, like, like bear claw through the clock eyes? And pull them out, yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, no, Clocktopus. Well, if Clocktopus wasn't afraid... He's no longer a Clocktopus. He's just an octopus. Oh, no. Well, if he wasn't afraid before, he is I took the thing he valued most. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um. Yeah, so you smash it into a building, and I'm gonna... Okay, do you want to smash it back into the science building? Uh, you mm. can smash it into kind of the administrative building that William came out of. Uh, you can smash it into what's left of the dorms. Um, I think those are your three main options. What do you want to do? I'm going to take the administration building since I say I'm coming <gasps> okay. from All the right. science no, building. That makes sense. So that's so the one that's, that's, on, the that's on the other side, side right? right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So Pyrrha, <laughs> so the Baroness has just uh, body slammed a clocktopus through the building that your parents are in front of. What do you want to do? Oh my god, okay. Uh, is the building still standing? Well, this is happening kind of concurrently, so for the moment, yes. Uh, you can mind push them. Out of the way. Oh, I'm mind gonna lasso. Mind, I was gonna mind lasso and then tie him somewhere. Do they? Do they know who you are? Do they know anything they, about your current situation? They do not. I, okay, that one makes it way more interesting. One of those big theater hooks, right? So, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to do a big sheep hook. Like yes, a big you want to do a big sheep hook. Just pull him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that sounds like defending someone. You're defending yeah. your parents. Yeah, go for it. All right. Seven plus what? Savior. Eight. Okay, so yeah, you have defended someone, um, nice. so you can add a team to the pool, uh, you can take influence over someone you protected, you can take influence over your parents, um, or you can clear a condition. I'm going to take influence over my parents. Okay, go ahead and write that down, nice. um, and yeah, you sheephook your parents away from the building, and there's this moment where they just look at you, mm-hmm. because I don't think we've established this, they haven't seen you in a couple of weeks at this point. They don't know where you've been, and just like this shock and surprise, and like frankly a little bit of hurt, mm-hmm. uh, kind of crosses their face as the clocktopus tears through the building behind them. Um, and at this point, you can hear helicopters kind of in the distance because this whole thing has happened kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, people are now starting to respond. William, what do you want to do? Uh, what's the situation on the clocktopus? Does it look pretty much done? <laughs> it looks like. You know what? That sounds like assessing the situation, actually. Um, so you could roll superior here. Suppose I'll do that then. Mm-hmm. Your character is super mean. Does that mean you're ass assessing? <laughs> I am not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Doesn't matter anyway. I only got a six. Okay. Uh, does anyone want to help in this endeavor? Because both the Baroness and Pyrrho are in this, <clears throat> and you have two in the team. So, so I think you can help him in this, in this regard. I, if you're trying to assess the state of the Cloctopus, I yeah. think I can reasonably help with that. I think you probably could. What would, I would think so. Yeah. You, you know, could, I, you I, could be like, I tore out You just out got a really yeah. close... Uh, I can just hold up the eyes. Like a battle, like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, so you hold up the eyes, and that right. pushes you up to a seven. Um, so you can... Ask one of those questions off that list, and you will take plus one while uh, acting on the answers. That's to me. That is she helps me. Okay. In that case, my question would be... I think that uh, how could we best end this quickly would be... Yeah, that would be most valid. How can we best end this quickly? Okay. Um, So the Clocktopus definitely looks at this point... You can see its tentacles are trying to shove itself away from the square. (laughs) It looks like it's trying to run. 
All right. Which seems reasonable given the circumstances. So in other words, I need to finish it off. So you could either let it go. Um, that would be the quickest way. That said, if you try and engage it, it is definitely going to fight back. And you've seen how much collateral damage it has already caused. So this yeah, is up to you. But I'm not really caring about collateral damage, so I'm still in my demon uh, suit, we'll call it. Okay. I'm going to once again fly up. And then I'm going to hover above it momentarily, looking at it crawling away, and then say, Hey, octopus, time's up. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to punch it. And then you're going to punch it. Okay. Just a Um, dive bomb right into it. Okay, go ahead and directly engage that thing. And I get plus one to this? Plus, yeah, plus danger. Um, well, since, again, the quickest way would just to have been letting it So I don't get that. Okay. Plus one, yeah. okay. I got a six. A six. Okay. Uh, so there's one team left <laughs> I really in the pool. I really got up that danger. There's one team left in the pool. Uh-huh. Um, I think at this point either Baroness or Piro could help in this if you wanted to. To push that up to seven. Yeah. So up to you guys. I'm willing to do it unless you want to do it. I can't. I don't have a clear idea of what I would do. So. So. Psychic rocket boosters on my back. So oh, I, that would be good. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> if you can describe to me what throwing a jetpack looks like from mine okay, standpoint. Okay, so I put. I, I like take off two straps. Okay. Like I'm taking off two straps. Okay. And then I like mime like a long lawnmower, like pulling. <laughs> And then I wave to William. Okay. And then I throw the jetpack at William, and I mime the same arm motions to signify that he should put this thing on. Okay, so I guess this is kind of up to William. Would that click in his brain? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Wait, wait. You I know what? We're gonna leave that. We're gonna leave that to the. I've only met this no, mime once before. I, I'm gonna. I'm tempted to leave that one to a dice roll. Yeah, sure. Of yeah. whether he would know or not. Let's, let's, let's say high you fair. do it, low you don't. That's exactly yeah, what I was I gonna go for. Yeah, that'll be high. That's hey, good high. enough. All right, so he gets it. We'll use that last team. That mind gave me jetpack. That's a mind jetpack. As you slip it on, you can you can feel the imaginary rocket boost. Perfect. Okay, so that pushes you up to a seven. Um, so we'll be you'll be trading blows with the Clactopus. Uh, pick one of those things off that list: resist or avoid, take something, create an opportunity, or impress, surprise, or frighten. I suppose that's going to be uh, take something from them. Okay. Just because you already took its eyes. So just as a question, take something mechanical. As a quick, as a quick, yes. When you create an opportunity, does it give you anything mechanically, or does it just? It's, open? Na- it's all narrative. Okay, it's just wanted narrative. to make sure. Um, so if I, I can create an opportunity, and then uh, the bear can jump in here and just finish it off. Could be. Um, in this case, I would also say if you want to take something from it, that could be the fact that it's conscious. Um, oh, at this point in time, nice. I think you could just knock it out. That would be what I would ideally like to do. I think, just I think punch it super hard in the it, face. Yeah, I think at this point, yeah, with so the with the rocket, the rocket boost is going to give you enough <laughs> to knock it out. You are going to go for that thing. You, you are going to take a hit in the process, though. I just um, slammed full force with a jetpack yeah, into did. it. You just slammed yeah. full force into a giant mechanical uh, clocktopus. So go ahead and roll to take a powerful blow. Four. Okay, so uh, yeah, you stand strong. Go ahead and mark potential as normal. And I think in this case, it's just that you don't you don't even you just kind of no sell this whole thing, right? 
<laughs> slam right into it. Slam right into it. Um, the clocktopus, like the tentacles, give one last kind of like shudder and then and they power down. So at this point, there's a helicopter circling overhead, uh, and you can see a figure kind of like ziplining out of it. Do do I recognize the colors? Uh, you do. This is a Kobe helicopter. Okay, that's that's what I wanted yes, to know. This is a Kobe yeah. Helicopter. You. By reputation, uh, know the person ziplining out of it, although you have never met him before. I see. Who is it? Uh, this is a Silver Age hero. Uh, his name is Major Heatwave. <laughs> and Major Heatwave... Yeah, his costume's made all of Mylar. It's hard to miss that. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, mili- a military-style uniform um, in, like, fireman colors. Okay. So it's a bright red, like, military-style kind of, like, complete with, like, the helmet and everything. Got it. And you can you can see that as he is ziplining down here and just kind of like taking in the destruction and then he looks over specifically at you two, uh, Darren and uh, not Darren, sorry, um, Baroness guys. and William. Yeah. yeah, I'm at a radio shack. <laughs> yeah, you're at a radio shack across the street. You're getting different you're kinds of weird looks. Don't worry, I have a thing for you. Yay! You guys, uh, Major Heatwave kind of just like pulls a cigar out of a pocket and lights it with his thumb, uh-huh. sticks it in his mouth, and kind of stalks up to the two of you and goes, What the Sam hell do you think you were doing here? <laughs> Octopus. Octopus. Yes, Clocktopus. And he takes a, a, a dragon Holding up the thing, clock. And he looks around him and he says, Yeah, okay, giant octopus, <laughs> you have caused infinitely more damage than the octopus did. People are terrified. This university is in ruins. That was not a smart plan of engagement. And he is definitely telling you who you are and shifting your labels. Ah. Um, to be fair, sir, State is way better than Apex well, you ever was. That, if, you, if you reject this influence, that might be how you do it. But, um, so, he is definitely telling you who and what you are and shifting your labels. Uh-huh. And he is pushing your danger up. Like, look how much damage you caused. Okay. And Ooh. your superior down. This was not a smart move. Okay, so my danger is already at max, so if I take it, a condition? If, it, if you accept this, okay. if it goes up, you will mark a condition. Okay. So I guess the question is, do you accept this or are you rejecting it? And this is to both of you. I mean... Both? <laughs> I don't so, feel... I feel like I am agreeing with him that, yeah, I caused <laughs> a bunch of collateral damage, but okay. I'm not necessarily, like, wanting to take that as an actual... Like so, so what it comes criticism. Down, yeah, so what it comes down to is, if you believe he is correct, your danger will go up and your superior mm-hmm. will go down. Or if you say, screw you, old man, uh, then you can try and reject his influence. Can I reject his influence and still let my danger go up? Uh, depends. Um, so when you reject influence, if yeah. you do it successfully, you can shift your labels yourself. Okay. Okay. So if you basically... I'm going to attempt to reject his influence. Okay, so how, what does that look like? Because uh, you have to do something to do that. How are you rejecting it actively? You rip the cigarette out of the mouth. Or, I mean, you can, it, can be, it can be saying something. It can be, you know, uh, walking away from it. But it has to be an active thing. Take a cigarette. <laughs> um, That's a power. Basically thing. something to the, yeah, basically the effect of walking away and saying, um, it's just damaged. They can fix it in the end. I don't care. Okay, so go ahead and uh, roll. This is a straight up roll. When you reject someone. You can't fix people. Time's up here. <laughs> so on a miss, their words hit you hard. Yes. Um, so yeah, you're you're telling him that, but 
looking around you, it is hard to deny that you have destroyed this place. Okay. Um, so first off, you're going to mark a condition. It'd probably be guilt. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I will adjust your labels. I think in this case, yeah, danger up. And I think actually mundane now. Because this definitely mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're not, you know, a normal person. <laughs> yeah. So how about the Baroness? So, do you accept this or do you reject it? I'm also going to reject it okay. on the grounds that I just don't understand why you're so mad. I stopped the freaking clocktopus. Okay. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I made for. <laughs> okay. So I'm rejecting okay. it on okay. that. That's I got an eight. That's an eight. All right. Yeah, on a 7 to 9, you choose one, so you have successfully done this. Okay. You can clear a condition or mark potential. Mm -hmm. You can shift one label up and one label down, your choice. Mm -hmm. Or you can cancel their influence, so Major Heatwave will lose influence over you, Mm -hmm. and you take plus one forward against them. I'm going to shift my labels. Okay. So I'm going to say that, I see what you're saying, I'm going to shift my superior down... But I'm going to shift my freak up instead of my danger, because I see this as me just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, because I'm this weird, crazy cyber bear. So you're just acting in in accordance with your cyber bear nature. Yes. Okay. I like that. So you guys kind of have that sort of moment. And you can see Heatwave in in the... As you guys are kind of brushing him off there. He's like, I ain't got time for kids. And he pulls a Mm -hmm. big honking, like, uh, military-style radio out out of his side pocket. And he starts, you know, talking into it. We need immediate cleanup at Apex University. Yeah, we got some kind of mechanical octopus. It seems to be missing some... Would you put those eyes down? (laughs) They're mine. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's kind of where we pause on that particular scene. And we move over to Piro. So your parents... You have just sheep-hooked out of danger. Wow, that reveal came earlier than I thought it would. Um, so you have just sheep-hooked them out of danger, and they are and they are kind of staring at you, and your dad kind of starts to move towards you. Uh, what do you do? Uh, lasso him and tie him to the nearest post. Yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for that. He's just a normal dude. Okay. Um, so you lasso him, and you tie him to the nearest post, and then what? And then I run away. Ah, <laughs> uh, Piro, the brave. Oh, <laughs> And you can hear behind you your dad shouting, Wait! Don't go! Wait! No! And, um... Yeah, oh, I think you're gonna have to... I think you're gonna have to mark a condition for that one, I think. Okay. I'm gonna do guilty. I think, I think guilty works. This whole team just feels just feel so guilty right no, now. Guilty is the big, yes, hey, I'm feeling totally fine. Alright, cool. <laughs> um, Projectile so you, yourself, so you, from, so you flee from your parents. Yes. Where are you fleeing to? The radio shack at you the abandoned radio shack. Okay. Yeah. Is this our new hangout? I, think, I, I like it. No one will ever interrupt us there. It's really, really good. And we can fix your cybernetics. Exactly. <laughs> it's a perfect spot. I like it. Put a, put a neat antenna. It's a weird city. Radio shacks? Come on. Just the abandoned. There's other things, I'm sure, in the abandoned mall. Yeah, there's Taco Bells. Ooh. There's an abandoned Taco That's Bell. That's good. I think there's probably an abandoned, um, an abandoned Trader Joe's in there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just huge. And I'm sure there's big competition between that and the abandoned where uh, Whole Foods. And then (laughs) obviously like a super a superhero bulk. Yeah. Yeah. So so we have just established there's an abandoned mall across from Apex University. It's just empty. (laughs) Seems like that place would be hopping. Right. You would think that would be prime real estate. Um, Maybe they'd build a highway recently. Well, maybe let's find out why it's a thing. They made a new abandoned mall, so everyone's really at that. New, New abandoned Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, this right, is a radio right, shack. Right, right. So, so maybe let's find out why this is the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Darren, you have fled the Clocktopus uh, with yes. Dr. Bahat. Yes. And you land in the radio shack. Yes. Dr. Bahat is kind of breathing hard, and you can tell that he is just freaked out. 
And he looks at you and goes, Thank you so much. I thought I was going to die. How, how can I ever repay you? Can you explain anything that happened today? No! No, I've never like, seen that thing before in my life. I have no idea what's going on. And then from inside the radio shack, you hear a voice. Oh, don't you, doctor. And from out, uh, from out the back of the radio shack steps a figure. He is five oh. platforms. Uh, he has a similar chrome plate on his head. So, like, the left side of his head is chrome. His left arm from wrist to elbow is covered in watches. <laughs> Otherwise, he is gloriously extra. He looks like he stepped out of the, the set of Underworld. He is wearing, like, a black trench coat and, like, yes. black leather pants. Yes. And one eye on his left, much like your cyber bear, is kind of glowing a bit. Mm. And I'm seeing similar energy signatures that I see with other... It definitely seems reminiscent of the Clocktopus. We'll say that. Yeah. Whether or not it's the same as the Baroness, you didn't really get that. Okay, yeah, that's right. I felt that. And he goes, Oh, haven't you? And he reaches out, and he touches Dr. Bahat. He looks at you. Nice meeting you. Time for me to clock out. And he smacks his wrist, and the two of them teleport away. Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of magic, dreams, and a fair amount of spandex. Seriously, check it out. The Baroness is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. You can find her on Instagram at IncognitoTuba. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.